Welcome to Kid Like Faith. Well, we help you to keep your faith kid-like. I'm your host, Nina T. And I'm your co-host, Elysia. Today, we're going to dig into a classic origin story. That's right. We're digging into the smash hit, The Hulk. I'm ready. And I'm ready, too. Let's start the show. the Hulk today uh, and I'm excited to get into the smash hit because it has so many <laughs> so many faith principles um Alicia how you doing today I'm good and you Nina how are you I'm doing great and we about to get into the thing now here's our disclaimer as we do every week if you have not watched yeah. the movie the Hulk please go Stop right now. Just pause. It's okay. We'll we'll still be here when you get back. Pause the podcast. Go and watch the movie The Incredible Hulk. And then you can come back and listen to the podcast. Okay. So we are ready, ready, ready. And let, well, let's start with the beginning, because that's how we do this. Um, in the beginning, we see an experiment gone completely and horribly wrong, right? Um, we see that there was a man, we don't know his name, but his name is Bruce Banner, he's, who's sitting in a chair and he's being zapped with some kind of laser. And that, uh, or that zap, right, that injection um, caused him to become and change and transform into this huge green monster, right? And we don't see what the monster looks like until maybe about 10 to 20 minutes into the film. Um, but we see this huge monster. We know it's big because of how it's towering over the people in the room. We see a whole bunch of wrecked space. We see a, a young lady who's been hit and who's bleeding. We see an older man who's bleeding. Um, and we also see a scene where the young lady is kind of like in this coma situation. Um, but they kind of hint to the fact that she's not dead because her eyes pop open when he, when the father confronts him about being in that room with her, right? Um, and what I got from the first few seconds is that this man lost literally everything because the next time we see this man, he's like by himself in a hut, in like a room or whatever, um, not a hut, but in a room and trying to literally, you know, zen himself. He's trying to make sure that he controls himself. Um, and 
the first point that I put down was um, when he was working with the, uh, I think he was like the, the guy that helped him learn how to control his body and control his breath. Um, yeah. The gentleman said, the best way to control your anger is to control your body because we know he can't get too excited. He can't get angry um, or else he's going to change. And he's been 150 some odd days without having a moment where he changes or transforms, right? And because that place is uncontrollable, he doesn't want to get there. I want to talk about one of the fruits of the spirit that we neglect the most. And that fruit of the spirit is self-control. Literally one of the things that, you know, the father has gifted us by way of giving us Holy Spirit. Um, when he gave us Holy Spirit, he gave us the ability to remain in control, right? And not necessarily controlling situations and circumstances because we can't always manipulate or control them. But we can control ourselves, right? We can control our responses and it's about like the, like we saw in the movie taking the time to notice when you're being elevated right notice when you are coming uh or when your uh, heart is beating too fast or when you're getting to that place where you're about to lose control before you lose control it's about having the awareness to say let me breathe through this. Let me let me change my thoughts. Let me focus on things that are calm so I can control myself. Um, mm -hmm. Do you um, do you think we value Alicia? Uh, do you think we value as a body of Christ? Do you think we value self control in the way that we should? No. I do not. As a matter of fact, something that was pointed out to me when I was sitting in a one-on-one is that oftentimes we abuse ourselves. Uh-oh. Pushing, your, pushing yourself beyond that point, and you know you're exhausted. You know that you need to rest. You know that you had enough, but you are abusing yourself just to finish everything, just to get stuff done, just to make sure that everything is perfect and in order. That's abuse. Alicia, you just made my brain explode a little bit like in my head because what we don't often acknowledge is that also too is self-control, but it's in the perverted way. It's mm -hmm. literally putting a demand on yourself, like you said, but the demand is harmful because mm -hmm. you're not giving yourself um enough space to reset right and to rest and mm -hmm. to be the best that you can be you're also taking advantage of a position that could possibly belong to someone else and because you don't have enough self-control to not put more on your plate than you should you rob other people of opportunities to grow and become because you got you got to be the one to put your hands on it to do it Yep. At least got a two. Sheesh. And she, we already started. And we already started different. She's talking about me. Because that's what self-control is. It's literally governing your actions, your motives, your agendas, your mm -hmm. everything you do governing your life. But if you 
you can very, that is a very simple way to abuse control. Wow, Alicia, Jesus. Um, whoa. So he, <laughs> y'all give me a, a second. Um, so he has tried to stop himself from losing control, right? By controlling every second, basically, of his day as much as he can control. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I see the eyes. But at the same time, with that self-control, he's also neglecting himself of true happiness as well. Yeah, yeah. He forced himself and, into and, a bubble. He had to, and we later on we'll get into that. He had to, but that didn't mean that he wasn't able to still go out and enjoy life. Right. That, right. Now you went from abuse to torture. Oh, okay. And and you done tortured yourself. This is at your own hand. Nobody is doing this. Now, again, like she said, there are some other reasons why he stayed in hiding. But even in hiding, you should have something that, you know, that is for you to, to give you um, some joy and excitement. But there was literally only sleep, work, and, and, and more sleep and rest and you know, I mean, he didn't do very much, but they hit it. Yeah. That was, that was a very, uh, very bland life compared to who he was, right? The, and he didn't even, and then when his, he had conversations, the conversations were about unbeing who he could not help but be. You know what I mean? Un, un, or finding an antidote for what happened, right? Finding an antidote. Um, but he lives a life of simplicity in order to keep everything in control, in order to make sure that he is very routine and nothing kind of knocks him out of space. The problem is um, life happens, right? And you, like I said, we can control ourselves, but we can't always control the things that happen. So the first thing that happened that he could not control is when he uh, got nicked and got a blood on his hand. He tried to clean up. He stopped the whole production of the line and tried to clean it up as much as he could, but he didn't get that one bottle that had the blood in it. You know what I mean? He didn't He didn't see that there was blood on another bottle. And so he gave away his positioning by way of a reaction to someone else, right? Or someone else's reaction to drinking that product. Um, and we see that he's, you know, there has been a man that was hired. He uh, Emil Blonsky, I feel like his last, I definitely know his last name is Blonsky, um, but he was hired to help find where Banner was. They were trying to find him. He was in another country, minding his own business. He gave himself away a little bit with this, you know, with that blood and that, that drink. And when he was found out, they immediately came in guns blazing trying to find him. They literally came in. Um, trying to find him and subdue him. The problem for me was uh, I loved when they were talking and he said um, <laughs> he was trying to, I'm um, sorry, before, he, before I get there, he was trying so hard to find a cure that he would try anything. Like literally a flower being sent to him, him mashing it up and trying to make some kind of concoction from it only to see that it made his condition worse. You know what I mean? Under it, under the tel uh, the microscope, I could see the cells change 
but then revert back. And I think sometimes, like, when we don't like the places we find ourselves in, we will find many ways and many things to try to help us escape from what we are assigned to. Because I feel like, honestly, I feel like what the others meant for evil was for scientific breakthrough for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was to dig into the scientific genius that was in him um, and to make and pull out something that would be the antidote, something that would um, challenge his creativity and challenge him to work a little hard to find. But of course we know, um, if you watch the movie, you know that they were trying to make a super soldier. They've been trying to make super soldiers since Captain America, right? <laughs> since World War II, they were trying to make um, super soldiers. And this was a way of them trying to create a super soldier. But this super soldier, uh, they never told him that was what they were trying to do. They only told him that he was going to work on something concerning radiation. So they manipulated him into creating something that he couldn't control once it was, you know, set in, once once he became. Mm-hmm. You have anything you want to say before we go to the next part? Um, you actually hit it on what you said, the creative, the creatives and those who are like in science or those who like have ministries or go places or something that the Lord is calling you to and you feel in that pressure. Like you just said, we don't have to try to camouflage ourselves or try to find an escape goat to deal with those things, but instead get into that secret place and seek God. Yeah. Because constantly trying to battle that, it turns into a battle within. Because what I got from it was that this is his new, this is his reality, and that is his new. And you can pervert it and make it a weapon and weaponize it like the government wants it to or use it for good. And we see that later on that he try, he uses it for good. And that's how I feel like us, us as believers, those who are trusted with different gifts or whatever it is, seek the Lord. We, yeah. have, we have a choice. He gave us free will. Seek the Lord and see what he wants to do because us trying to figure it out is going to have you losing your mind. Yeah. He was only ever on the defense. He was never using that uh, new reality of his to hurt or harm other people unless he felt threatened or had gotten Mm -hmm. to that place where, you know, he was trying to protect himself or others, right? But it was never that he was like, yeah, I got this thing that I am now. I got this new power and I'm about to get into um, using my power for bad. It's interesting. We talked about um, power before, but mm-hmm. but power in this um, <laughs> in this uh, movie, we find out that power can be attractive. That it will attract not only those who intend to use it for good, but those who intend to use it for pride and for their own self-serving reasons, right? Um, The government wanted control and they wanted to make super super soldiers to put them to work, um, to weaponize them, like you said. Um, But Blonsky wanted the power to be able to feel like a god 
he he even yeah. he even acknowledged that a little later on. Um, but he, mm-hmm. you could tell, and the look in his eyes when he first saw the Hulk, you could see that he was enamored by this creation. That he was mm-hmm. like in it for something different than what the father or the general was in it for. The general was trying to keep him contained so that he can weaponize him, right? But Blonsky was in it not for that reason. He made it seem like that was the reason he was in there for at first. But he really wanted a part of the action and he wanted to be powerful. Um, It's unfortunate, but there are a lot of people that do a lot of crazy things for power. You understand me. That 50 Cent made a whole entire series based on power because (laughs) people make decisions (laughs) wanting to maintain their position and power. And um, if they have to kill, they'll do that. If they have to uh, rob or steal or lie, whatever they have to do in order to maintain their positions, they're willing to do that, especially the the military. Um, They were willing to lie to him about the reason for he was what he was working like they they told him you're working in this lab they gave him the resources but never told him the truth because they knew if they told him the truth he probably wouldn't have helped no he didn't want to help him and even with the power that he possessed he still didn't even want it at all that's a lot of people that are like sometimes believers or those who have different gifts gift of prophecy, those who are apostles, those who are teachers, preachers, evangelists, deacons, whatever it is, whatever your role is. Some people, they be wanting it and whole time you don't want it. Yeah. Like you only knew how many times I wanted to give this back to God and unsee things or unhear things like, like this, this is not a walking apart. This, the grass is not greener here. No. It's not. It shifts your tra- the very trajectory of your life. It it literally changes the way you have to. And, and for those who are integral, we have to walk a certain way. And the requirements for the place that you find yourself in, and you look into your left and your right, and you're like, but wait a minute yet. Hold on, don't we serve the same God? What? Why I, we were just talking about this. Why is it that I'm held to this standard? Why is it that I have to, and I feel, I feel a certain way if I don't meet the standard. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm a die. I don't, I don't know. It, you know, it can, it, it may not be that. It's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Because the Lord told me he about to call me to another level of righteousness. And I said, well, Lord, let me get it all out of whatever else is in here. Let me get it on out. Um, get it on because I know you lie. I'm screaming. See, everybody, they be the words of the Lord. They be like, Yes, I need to hold on. <laughs> I didn't know that was the cares of your heart for me yet. I didn't know. We can talk. We you didn't even rub this by me. You just telling me. No, it's it's just I'm just I'm just making you aware that you no longer are held to the you no longer can get away with what you used to get away with. You're gonna have to come up higher and uh you're gonna have to take a little bit more responsibility because you are able to respond. So now you have to be responsible, period. Okay. And I'll be like, OG, 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 can I can I just please me? Cause I'm your friend and such, and I tell you the truth about right now what I'm feeling like doing, and I don't feel like doing this. 
this this is not what I want to do. So can I do something else? And I feel awkward doing other things because it I don't fit there. I don't fit there. I feel I feel like how um the the prodigal son felt in that pig pen. Like what are you doing? What is even what is even this? Like what what is your problem? Why are you trying to eat this stuff? Ew, gross. What are you doing? So like yeah, like but like like you said, people be like, yeah, because I wish I could preach like you. Girl, be quiet. Boy, be quiet. I wish I could teach like you. A hush. Cause you don't know how many hours you gotta study. Okay. And I'm in your time. Put your time in. Okay. You gotta be careful of what you signing your life up to. Are you crazy? <laughs> you you don't know what you're asking for, but but because you see these people with the mic, you assume that everything is a little easier, but it's actually harder. Cause the line, mm-hmm. the line is a little tighter. It, it's a, <laughs> the, the, the margin for error is a little closer. And we have to focus our lives, like Apostle Rain says, being not one degree off from his will. It matters to those who God has chose to do certain things and and certain uh to be certain gifts like you know the fivefold and all of those things when you have those kinds of responsibilities it matters everything matters i talked about that today everything matters every decision matters and so we don't get to just say what we want because my words do something (laughs) i got to be careful i got to be careful i have to live a life of control because the moment that I lose control, I literally cause, I may cause a lot of people to fall by way of my lack of control. I'll give you an example, right? Go ahead, girl. I have a niece, um, and it matter. she's my niece, and she was having some behavior if she was in school. I said, let me try a different approach. I, anybody, if you don't know, you don't know today. Psychology is what I went to school for, right? And veered off to business. But I said, I understand that discipline in a child is not always a great thing. You know, sit down, talk to a level. So at, in Head Start or kindergarten, we will call. She will call me before and after school to give me a report. Her behavior became better. Now she's in first grade, and I thought that I was off the hook from getting 7 o'clock calls in the morning. So baby girl been calling me. Well, I had some stuff going on. And like I shared last week, I spiraled a little bit and I just needed a break. So in my resting time, I had slept past all my alarms. And Friday, I wasn't able to answer the phone. She acted up in school, got the report. And I said, wow. And I told her mother, I said, don't be upset and don't discipline her. And don't don't spank her, don't put her on punishment, don't take anything away. Reason being is because it's my fault. Wow. It's my fault because I'm accountable to her. And despite how I feel, despite what was going on, I still have young people, or not even young people, because they from all age categories, y'all, that I still have to show up for. Yeah. I had to, and I apologized to her. She had tears in her eyes, like, TT, I just, no, put your hands down. You don't have to be nothing to be nervous about. I apologize because TT didn't set that time aside to talk to you. But from now on, when you call, I'm going to make sure I'm up. I'm going to be up before you, waiting for your call. And if you don't call, I'm going to call you. Now let's go get some ice cream. 
I highlighted that issue, but still rewarded good behavior for the four days before. Right. And 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 I love that you because you know sometimes we think it really does take a village. Let's let's start there. Like not only to raise a child, but literally to raise a village. Because <laughs> I think that we think that when we get a certain age, we don't need accountability. But sometimes it's the children that hold us accountable to become and to stay in our places of authority, our places of influence, so that we can build something together. It was like literally like you like. Thank you, because this was a moment, this is a sobering moment for me to get my schedule back in control, right? To get my my system back in control so that I can be in the places that I need to be for the people I need to be in there for. Now, granted, everybody, you know, you could you could have been disciplined or you could have done all of those things, but I love that you took the initiative to say, let me make sure I'm still doing my part because I noticed that as long as I'm in communication with you, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And now the next step is we gonna keep doing this until the point where I don't have to check in with you because you're already knowing that this is the way we behave. And and I, and that's gonna take, that, that level of accountability may not be yet, but it will be next, right? And when it comes, then you shift, you can shift positions because now we're in a different place and now there are different expectations set. You understand? Like I love, I, but I love that you said that, that this, my, my presence is important, right? Like my influence is important and I have to make sure that I am, I am here not only for me, but I am here for those I'm supposed to be here for. And I can't let anybody else talk me out of being in that place. I can't even let me talk me out me do it. Yes. Okay? of that place. Because honestly, we can get to a place in life where we, like we were just talking, the pressures of the assignment can be like, whoo, merciful God, can we just skip a week? Can I, can I skip five? Can I, can I get a year off? I'm just saying, because, because it can be a little taxing, but the truth of the matter is, is I, I told the Lord, and, and this is honest, I don't want to know the life without him. I don't want to know the life where he didn't choose me. I don't want to know the life where he didn't save me. I don't want to know the life where he didn't uh, doesn't use me for his glory. I don't want to know the life where I don't have a podcast, don't have a book published. I don't want to know those things. So I'll take those moments of pressure because I, I love to see God have his way in his purpose with me. Mm-hmm. So the pressure may be um, heavy at times, but for the most part, the more important part is completing the purpose. And Mm -hmm. I'll keep myself in a certain uh, headspace in order to see God's purpose revealed that he would be glory. Um, So he's uh, been pursued uh, because they found out where he was. He was pursued by the military officials. He shows up as who he is. And they have said in the in the in the uh, plane, they said uh, Blonsky asked, "Is he a fighter?" And he told him, "You don't wait until <laughs> you get in contact with or gay, engage with him to see if he's a fighter or not. You was you he is. You're going to assume and address him as a fighter. You're going to 
engage with him as a fighter. But the, like I said, the truth of the matter is, is he was only fighting to protect something, to keep himself. He was only fighting because he had been in a place where he was controlled, controlled, controlled. And at the place where he could not, they kept hitting him. They kept, and he was getting antagonized by two groups. Military mm -hmm. people and them little guys that was in the in the locals. What you say? The locals. Okay. And and getting completely antagonized until it was no more time. When he threw that man through that glass, I said, gee, <laughs> not throwing him across the route. Okay. And now when I saw that, if I was one of the locals and I saw my friend go from not being seen to going through like three things. Oh, skip me, reverse back to you. I'm out. Let's go. Party. Uno and out. <laughs> uno, uno, out. I quit. Y'all can have this. Uh, officials, y'all train for this. Congratulations. It's on y'all. Because I'm not going to stick around and get beat up too. What? Are you crazy? Smash. I mean, he completely annihilated everything, right? He, he he has to, but he has to go back into hiding because he has to find a way to calm down again. <laughs> he has to find a way to get back in control. And literally, he has to evade them. Um, and unfortunately, ooh, he had he he ends up intentionally going back home in order to get the data for Mr. Blue. Um, Mr. Blue and <laughs> Mr. Blue, the scientist, which is uh, Stearns is his name. Stearns. Um, <laughs> like, so, I was like, this is the man you've been talking to? And he's just as crazy as you? Like, what? <laughs> Gee, yes. <laughs> You're Mr. Green? This is not what I was expecting. Boy, I'm like, sir, you wasn't what I was expecting either. At Blue? all. At all. Because how about this, y'all? This is my first time watching the Hulk. It, it was so so let's talk about that for a second being that it was your first time watching this movie was there any part in the movie that you were just like what in the entire like whoo i can't take this no more like this is a lot the special op that they brought in he if he wasn't the serpent from genesis three and five i don't know who else was Alicia, when I tell you he crept in like a serpent, he literally convinced them that he was on their team to help them capture the Hulk. And the whole time, it when he when they meet Stearns and that man knocked that lady over the head in order to get and put the gun up to Stearns in order to get that darn sound, I said, Why are you always hitting somebody? <laughs> and I was with Dr. Stern. You ain't gotta keep hitting people to get your point across. Just tell the people to move out there out the way. We we know you crazy. And pop that lady in the back of her head. And deranged. Now he he they when they finally, unfortunately, they end up getting him uh trapped in after a while. But I wanna talk about the first moment, because for me, 
when when <laughs> when I first saw Betty, I was like, I knew she was alive, right? And when I saw her sitting on that bench and he saw that man walking up to her as a symbol that technically she's moved on, I was like, oh snap, this about to be drama. This about to be a mess <laughs> and foolishness, okay? Cause I thought he was gonna switch. I thought he was going to change. You're right, change right then because he was upset. But he had learned to master control to where things like that couldn't get him upset. Mm -hmm. um, but he found when, and I love that when she saw him finally face to face, like that she hugged him, like she told him like, no, you're coming with me. She didn't say, where you been all this time? I've been looking for you. Like it was none of that. It was just like, yeah love you know what I mean like it was just complete love now I want to talk a moment um about the part that stressed me out because what stressed me out about their relationship stress you out for me and I stress you out baby let me tell you what stressed me out Alicia okay because that was a part where they had wanted to do a little ministry unto once another okay <laughs> ah they they had one of the feel like <laughs> one onto the other, okay? And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, okay? And he said, we can't do this because I'm getting I get too excited, baby. I'm getting too excited. I can't do this. And I was like, what kind of life is this? Like, what kind of what kind of life has he now had to engage in by way of someone else's wish for him? So I was big mad and stressed out because I was like, nah, fam, this ain't even his fault. He didn't even sign up for this. He signed up for a whole other reason. And now you can't even enjoy life and your partner because you gonna be out of control and, and Hulk smash her, her head in? What is happening? But the truth of the matter is, is he probably, well, I don't, I know he didn't want to, I'm, I'm sure it's because he didn't want to reproduce the Hulk. Let's start there. I'm sure it's he didn't want to reproduce in that. I didn't think of that. He didn't want to reproduce. He's trying to get rid of it. Why would he be okay with turning into that? Or if it happens, yeah, he was, he was like, mm-mm, I can't, mm -mm. But the truth of the matter is, I also think he didn't trust himself in that state, even though every time she said, it's okay, and she was talking to him, saying, Bruce, it's okay, he was calming down. Like, he still had regard and love for her, so even when the bullets were flying, he protected her. He made sure she was fine. He made sure she was okay. He was he was still knowledgeable in that moment of losing control. He hadn't lost control fully because of the way he loved on Betty still. But I think he did not trust, one, what would happen if he switched during that time, and two, he didn't want to reproduce that hard. I'm sure he didn't want to reproduce because it's in the blood. Let's talk about how I quickened when uh, I was thinking about how the the reason or the way that this was transmitted was through the blood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had a full entire Baptist fit. How is power in the blood? I mean, in full. the blood. 
Oh. Wonder working power. Any power? Okay. <laughs> which is why he had to protect it. Which is why he, he had to protect himself so that others wouldn't um, receive the same deposit. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this general for a little while. And I'm all over my notes. I don't even care anymore. Um, I'm all over my notes because h- here we are and this is Kid Like Faith and this is what we do. Um, <laughs> but the general kept making horrible decisions. <laughs> Everything he did, I was like, wrong, wrong. Like, I <laughs> wrong. You're a bad father. Yes. You're a horrible father. You're horrible at making, like, why, why, why would you inject Blonsky? Why? Why is the biggest thing here? What? Deep, So, in my mind, the father is trying to do everything to keep Bruce away from Betty. But he is, mm-hmm. he is also trying to perpetuate and continue on with this plan for super soldiers. And he decks mm-hmm. him so he can feel what it feels like. But the problem with that is once you give him a taste of it, once he gave him just a taste, once a little shot, just a little eh, eh, in the in his little stream of what it was like to defy, you know, he he literally was burnt up, you know, a little little jacked up, but his heart was strong and he was able to make a fist. He was it, it looked like he was damaged. Point to me. Cause they the doctor said, I know who report will you believe? No, no, no. That doctor said his bones was like gravel. That mean you I could pick you up, scoop you up and what? When I seen them fingers twinkle, I said he about to transform right now. So that lets us know that what was deposited in him went down to even his bones to repair. Okay, because (laughs) if the power that was injected in him could go down and repair his bones, why weren't they using that for those who had problems in that area. I don't know. People who are, I don't know, maybe those who are paralyzed, those who have bone cancer, got to pull bone marrow. Exactly. Yeah. Are we okay? Perverted. Perverted. That's what all it is. Perversion. They just took something that could have possibly helped serve the community. And they decided to benefit the military and their own agenda with it. And and their own pockets. And the problem is that when you take something that is supposed to be powerful and you pervert it, remember, Bruce still was who he was at the core. He was just a little bit uh, stronger, had more power, and had a little bit of lack of control, okay? But for someone who is evil, it's the same way that um, America uh, and Captain America, when Captain uh, America, yeah, in Captain America, where our villain, because I forget his name at the moment, our villain was shot with the same. Hydra. He had the same 
um, the same process that Steve had, but because he was evil, it enhanced his evil. And because Steve was good, it enhanced his already, he was already preconditioned to be a good person. And it took that good person and made him a good soldier, made him a good uh, leader. It made him good to the 10th power. In this movie, it's the same way. The power that was injected just made him more evil. It made even his say it one more time. Even his image. Oh my God. So the image was thwarted also because remember Stern said to him, I don't think I know I, I don't think you want to do this because we don't know what you've already taken. And so if I give you what he has and mix it with you are with what you already have, there's a possibility that there's some reactions and things that will he happen. said you want to be an abomination. Oh, okay. That's what it said. Okay. Because that's exactly that's what it what is. Said. That's exactly what he became. He became a monster. While the Hulk was, you know, kind of like a Franken-like, you know, big huge creature, right? He still had a little bit of control over his will and his, his his emotions, right? How he loved, he still was a protector. He he used it for defense. But because Blonsky was already, he was already, uh, what was already in him was defiled. It just magnified that and made him worse. I just had to look up the word abomination because I know sometimes we take it and we bend it and manipulate it for us. But abomination is really just going against the good. Yeah. Just going against the Lord. Just literally going against the Lord. It's it's setting yourself and put and, and some of it, I feel like in, in Blonsky's case, it was intentional. He was intentionally trying to be his own godlike creature. So he didn't really care about how it affected others. Yeah, because he asked Stearns, Dr. Stearns, he said, you've seen what he becomes. Yes, and it's beautiful God. Like, I want it. I have to have it. And that's where Genesis 3 and 5 comes in. And you all shall be like God. Mm-mm. 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 So here's... <laughs> Here's, here's what messed me up about the story of Adam and Eve, because that's what she's talking about in Genesis 3 and 5. Mm-hmm. Have a conversation between Eve and the serpent. Well, first off, I'll, I I was, you know, I'd be trying to think. And I wonder, had this been the first time he talked? Because I'm sure if I walked into a room and a serpent started talking to me, I'm not sticking around to have a conversation. I'm going to run. One, mm-hmm. I don't like snakes. But two, <laughs> because they had already got the <laughs> word of the Lord and they already had the instruction from the Lord. Um, well, Adam did, right? And that mm-hmm. was related to Eve in some form or some fashion. It should have been known or common knowledge that one, you already had the image of God and so what he was telling you and promising you was the responsibility of rulership see see, the thing was God had reserved for himself the uh, obligation and responsibility to determine what was good and what was evil 
mm-hmm. reserved it for himself because he's the righteous judge and he knows how to judge what is good and what is evil. Now he made Adam and Eve both naked and said it was good. So when you come to a God who is righteous and has made you in a creation and said you are good, and then you come to him and say, we, or he's looking for you, can't find you. And when he finds you, you all say, we hid ourselves because we were naked. He like, language? Who told you that? What conversation did you have where nakedness is now a bad thing? And then he said, did you eat from the tree that you weren't supposed to? Did you assume the responsibility of detecting good and evil? Did you take part of the fruit I told you I had reserved and I told you not to touch? Yeah, we did it because he told us, he deceived us. (laughs) He made us feel like, he, he told us, he tricked us. And I was like, but didn't he give you commanding authority over the whole garden? Didn't he have, didn't he have, didn't he tell Because after he gave you and breathed his breath into you, the Ruach, and he gave you all this, then he gave you dominion over the things of the earth and in the earth. We got Adam, who is literally not far. He was in the vicinity of this conversation, and he never once stopped to say, hey, hey, serpent, shut up. <laughs> he never said, Eve, don't touch that apple. Mm-mm. He never said anything. He let the experiment go down so that he could see the result of it. He literally took a back seat and was like, let me see what happens. Because if we if she don't die, then I might want to take a bite too. If, if she don't die, then I might want to try too. Because you know, sounding that that sounds good being godlike. It sounds good. But government and governing right and wrong. And, and the decisions or what is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. It wasn't supposed to be a man's responsibility. It was supposed to be that they would be in fellowship with God and God would lead them to what was right and keep them from what was wrong. In the same way that, <laughs> in the same way that they were, they were the stern was standing in the room saying, I don't think you want to take this. <laughs> think you want to touch that i don't think you it's a good idea because if you do you you can't control what happens after it there are going to be some side effects that you cannot control there's going to be a um side effect that you aren't anticipating because you're only looking at being powerful and it's unfortunate that we don't take the sound and wise counsel of those who have studied but we assume that we know and we do what we want we're gonna take a pause for a minute and we'll be back after these commercial breaks hello everybody it's your girl nina t and i'm here with a pause for a cause are you a business owner who is looking to expand your business or or maybe you are a new owner or new entrepreneur and you just want to make sure you're doing everything that you can to make your business the best that it can be well i've got news for you power over poverty is hosting their mentee to mentor program and it's just for you 
This program is six weeks of jam-packed information where you can learn how to structure your business while accessing business funding, learning tips and tricks from all of the experts. Now, registration is already open, so go over to www.poweroverpoverty.net and make sure you sign up. Uh, Make sure you get all that you need to get so that we can do business the kingdom way. All right, we are back like we never left, and we're on to the second half of the movie. Um, I do want to go back a little bit um, and talk about them finding Banner and Betty and them trapping him into this like little bridge thing with all of this glass. She's on the outside, so is the boyfriend, so was all of this military um, uh, soldiers. They have really literally him surrounded and they're trying to poke him in order that he will get angry and change over so she'll see him as a threat. Um, But by doing that, while the boyfriend is standing there and, you know, we see that, that, you know, the fire is is literally overtakes the both of them, that Mm -hmm. he, even in Hulk form, reached over to cover her and protect her. Um, he he was anticipating that he would be reckless in the Hulk form, but he still, again, had love for her enough to cover and protect her, which caused the uh, boyfriend to say, this is not a banner problem. This is a you problem. This is why Betty doesn't talk about you. This is why this is why you have not been involved in her life and she doesn't speak to you. This is why we've gone ahead to build a life without you because mm-hmm. you're actually the problem. A couple times in this movie, the general has been told that he is the problem. Mm-hmm. He was told by um, the boyfriend. He was told by Betty herself. He was told by, you know, especially when she said, you know, it was his fault. Everything had happened to, she said, I'll never forgive you for what you did to him because he had to pay for your mistakes. Mm -hmm. He paid for what you did to him. He had to adjust to life without me because of what you did to him. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Man, how many people are suffering because of what somebody else manipulated them into doing? And now their decisions are to keep up with the damage, to try to deal with the damage. You know what I mean? There are a lot of people that, uh, if if you know my personal testimony, you know molestation was a part of my um, childhood and all of that. Um, but there are a lot of people who are still in unforgiveness that are still um, stuck in sexual cycles because of the damage of perversion, you understand? Like, mm-hmm. because someone did not control themselves and literally get help for their urges. And because they did not get help, they passed on 
foolishness to the next generation. Damn mm -hmm. to the next generation. And people are having to adjust to life with damage because someone else didn't have control. Because mm -hmm. someone forced their will on them. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that we see this all, more often than not. And we see it in the church, which is worse. Which is worse. Which is worse. Um, so yeah, but when he when it's pointed out that he is the problem, he's offended. But the truth of the matter is, it's the truth. He was the common denominator as to why all of these things went wrong. He was the one that injected Blonsky. He was the one that set up Banner. He was the one that was uh, trying to pursue Banner. Banner was minding his business in another country. He was setting this up. This is all at the general's hand. He just refused to take responsibility. You know what else was confusing with that as well when he was going out there and bothering Banner while he was minding his good holy business? He went into this room that was isolated and when he opened up the door, you could see that it was kept sealed for temperature purposes and nothing could go in and be bothered. And you have it right there. That, that's what makes me think about, that's what makes me think about the church sometimes too. You have other people that can be used. Okay. You have other people that you can try to train up and make your minions. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. The, and the crazy part is they're willing to be that. And, those, and that's another thing. You don't even have to force them. They're willing to be exactly how you want them to be. Your, your soldiers inside your four walls. They're willing to do it. So why bother us who don't want it? Because they, all right, or the spirit that's governing them. It's not even them most of the time. It's the spirit that's governing them. Governing, governing them that they are that is offended because how dare you walk in your fullness and I, it agitates light see see the problem with light is that light agitates darkness mm -hmm. you remember the scripture in the bible and that story in the bible where jesus is minding his holy business his own self business walking around and literally the, the demon cries out, what have you to do with us? Nothing. I actually was minding my own business. I was I was doing my own thing. I didn't I didn't come after you. I was just walking around. I was but but light agitates darkness. It literally was like, oh snap, you he's cut like he's coming. Like it, it could not and so there are people unfortunately they have spirits that are governing them right and that spirit gives them uh the same way the holy spirit talks to us and gives us intel those spirits say hey 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 i need you to go on over there and i need you to get her to do such and such because if you get her to do such and such then she'll be able to be a part and you know she has all these great gifts and talents and, and all of these things in her so she'll be able to benefit the ministry but really the underlying reason because those other spirits aren't working for God so those other spirits really want to stop you from the purpose so they get you into doing things out of loyalty and conformity so that you will be a part of the minions versus being a part of the ministry period and that's that on that. But it's unfortunate. And, and it's unfortunate that they don't just go with the minions, but the minions are never enough. Never. It's never enough. 
I want to go to the next part. Um, woo. The part that kind of wore me out a little bit is when Bruce and Betty are talking to uh, Mr. Uh, Dr. Blue, right? Mm-hmm. Dr. Blue, Dr. Sam, and he and they're telling him, hey, hey, hey. Uh, they're talking about how, you know, how they they really had just come to find the antidote, right? Mm-hmm. She had to make him endure the process to see it all the way through in order for them mm-hmm. to see that it does work. It was a, even if it was for temporary, even if it was to bring him out of a moment, it worked, right? And right after that, he starts talking about testing the antidote and it worked. And that he didn't know that, that um, and that there, he needed to try it on the other test subjects. Mm-hmm. And Bruce is like, test subjects? I didn't know you had test subjects. He said, well, the blood that you sent wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. He said, we had to create more because mm-hmm. what you sent, the samples that you sent were not enough. What? So we created a room full of blood. Like what? It had it dated. I so let me, each time that you sent something or each time you did something, he was recreating it, Janine. He was recreating it every time they had a conversation and something, he was creating it. And we see that today. People recreate stuff and then you use your labs your lab rats or your monkeys that just broke out and now we got monkey pox. Right. Sir, leave stuff alone, Dr. Stern. Will you stop creating stuff out of stuff that's already fine? Will you, he said, and I think uh, you brought this up when we were talking, that he said there's too much, you, you can't do this. You can't do this with, you can't recreate this. There's too much power in this world and in the blood in order for you to recreate and do your own thing with it. Word of advice for those who are on this live trying to create your own way of being and your own uh, method outside of, (laughs) outside of the intention and the plan of God. You can't, you can't duplicate what's already good. It's already good. The blood works by itself and it doesn't need your hands in it. It doesn't need to be uh, contaminated with. And it's already in you. Ooh. Not only is it already in you, since this is kid like faith, and we tie back into scripture, in the Roman times in the Bible, my Lord, Elysia, you're about to show people what you know. Come on. The Roman times, they were it was they were big on slavery. So if I had Janine, if I bought Janine, everything and everybody that came after Janine, I owned them as well. But when he came and died for us, we were no longer orphans. We were adopted into his family. Yeah. Oh, when we and so there, everything that we needed was there. Every everything was in. It was now that your DNA was connected to him. 
it was, that was your DNA makeup. It was literally a blood covenant made between God and man in the form of man. Literally. That we, we want to talk about high price all the time. Everybody's the high price. Do you understand? Do you really understand that? Are we just reading it? And and that even was me. We are we just reading what it is? Or we really saying, hey, let me put that down and let me go ahead and get my concordance. Or let me go ahead and get this study Bible and let me compare these. Or let me talk and let me go back into that. Because if I believe I'm not an orphan, it changes the way that I communicate with God. If I really believe that I'm a son, we were talking about this today, earlier today, um, in the message of the prodigal son, that he had to acknowledge that he wasn't just a servant, give him a ring and a robe and all of those things as a son would have so that he would not approach life as an outsider, a foreigner, or a servant, but that he would return to his rightful place as a son. And I don't think that we often talk to God. I mean, and and uh, if I relate how I talk to my parents with God, like my parents, I, I honor, I respect my parents, all, four, all two sets of them, because I got a mom, a stepdad, a dad, and a stepmom, right? And because I honor them, I honor them, right? But the truth of the matter is, is when I have a grievance with them, and when they have a grievance with me, it ain't no, it's not none of that. I don't, it's, it's literally like, <laughs> it's literally like, well, if, 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 if we were back in the day, you would tell me such and such and such and such. It's literally like, mom, hey, hey girl, let's talk about this. Uh, my stepfather decides to irk me on purpose. Okay. And he, he said he, he, made it, he made it his mission to irk me on purpose so that I can get used to being irked and not walk away from relationships. Amen. He's made it his decision to irk me on purpose, right? And so there are sometimes I'll be like, leave me alone, Mr. John. And that's just how we communicate, right? Because it is what it is. And he knows that's like, all right, this is the line. I done played with it long enough. Let me leave it alone. Let me leave it be. But at the end of the day, I'm not shot. When there are some things, um, even when there are things going on with me um, or things that I don't want to talk about, my mother will not let me <laughs> pretend like I'm okay. <laughs> no. If, and if I'm willing to say, this is what's going on with me to my parents, and the father has said, he, the heavenly father has said he's adopted me, I have to take on that mindset when I go to him in prayer, like, all right, Lord, let me tell you why I'm mad. Let me tell you why, let me tell you, let me tell you about what's going on. Let me tell you about this here and then can you show me your perspective on it so that I can change my mindset so I can change how I behave so I can change how I align my life how does this affect the other things because if, if I, I don't want to make a mess and I don't want to enter into um, doing things based on only how I feel them I need to get the intelligence of the creator so I can figure out what he wants me to do why did you create this and why did you create it this way? And why did you have me engage with it? What is the purpose of me and Alicia doing Kid Like Faith for two seasons or more? What is the what is the goal and the intention 
of what <laughs> what is the goal of and intention of of us doing this this together why what is it that she doesn't see what is it that i don't see what is it that i need to be more accountable to what is what is it but you only get that information when you ask questions as a son would and you don't shy away as a father We are not foreigners. We are sons. And as soon as you come into the kingdom, that's how quickly you are adopted into the family. That also means one mistake doesn't make you lose your identity. Okay. Mind your business, Nina T. I'm just saying now. Listen to how stupid that sounds. Listen to how stupid that sounds. I tripped down the steps. So I'm no longer a son. Huh? You goofy? That's dumb. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. A fall can't make you lose your identity. You can give up or abandon your identity, but a fall can't, a mistake can't make you lose your your sonship. That's dumb. And it doesn't make sense. And I want us to stop thinking that way. But the Bible tells us to come boldly for this purpose that Jesus spent spilled his blood. I won't even say shed. He spilled it. He literally like doused the earth in blood. <laughs> Use your DNA. Use your access to to the Father and use it for good. For good. I want to I want to pull out the fact that when Bruce is captured and Blonsky is gotten because he's not trying to get what he has, but he actually got uh, an injection, he got some sort of power. The reaction that he experiences makes him not only out of control, but out of control with reckless decision making abilities and evil and like kind of like unlimited power. Like it's like literally when he gets a hold of what Bruce has, he has no desire to be a protector. He has a desire to be powerful. And because of that desire to be powerful, the father finally sees what it looks like when you weaponize this creation. This is what a weapon looks like. He is a weapon, uh, and the weapon is not working for you. The weapon also works against you. You wanted to weaponize this uh, and make this uh, banner-like or the Hulk-like creation a weapon? This is what that looks like. It terrorizes your cities. It puts you and your men in danger. You, you People get killed recklessly. Because this is what it looks like to weaponize. This is what happens. This was what you were not uh, anticipating when you were trying to weaponize Banner. This is what you got. This is what a super soldier is. This is what it looks like. And I love that um, we see it and he sees it and realizes at that moment, if you look in his face, he realizes that everybody was right. Everybody that was telling him that his his failures were the reason why things kept getting worse and worse and worse, he had to mm-hmm. take a moment and sit in there. 
He had to sit in the bad decisions, his horrible like father decisions, his horrible decisions as a general, so that he could stop making them. Mm-hmm. Stop! Just stop! Even Blonsky too. In the middle of that like he had some more fight in him. Mm-hmm. But once Eddie was like, stop, like this is not who you are, you don't have to respond the way and stop, he was just like looking around he like man this fight wasn't worth it like it wasn't even worth it what are you and that's another example of us putting ourselves in unnecessary fights it was a positive message that came out of Blonsky's decision like we we put ourselves in compromising uncomfortable situations that we don't even have to not at all we don't even have to and for what got him when they wouldn't get Blonsky they had already gave like his credentials like Russian and he came in and Afghanistan he might have not said that y'all but I'm just saying you know like reading his credentials showing his, showing the honor and you and just because this new thing has come along that you haven't defeated and nobody else is able to do it and people have pumped you up so so much that now you want to put yourself in an unnecessary fight well, you didn't even have to. You didn't even have to. It, it's unfortunate you, that ambition makes people literally put themselves in in situations that they never even had to. Because ambi- it was like literally like you can do all of these things, but that one power was godlike. And he it was if you remember in um Aladdin when uh Jafar was tricked at the end to wishing himself as a genie. Yeah. The reason why he was tricked was because Aladdin said to him, yeah, you got power, but you don't have more power than the genie. It was because he had went this whole time wanting power, wanting power, wanting power, and getting levels of power to where he saw a new level. He was like, well, fine, I'm going to be the top if I have to make myself the genie, then let's do it. But he had no idea of what the next responsibility was. He had no idea that asking for himself to be um, or or wishing that he would be the um, genie would mean that he would have to live in any living space. Like, he didn't anticipate that. He didn't anticipate that. The same way that Blonsky didn't anticipate that having to be in this fight would cost you like that that you're looked at as a monster okay they're going to have and to and I don't nobody want to call you to do nothing to do nothing I don't nobody want to hear you we don't look- want you to benediction we don't want you to take up offering we don't want you to lead praise and worship we don't want you to lead the word when a pastor is sick and can't make it we don't want to because in those situations now we see the true colors we see who you truly are in those times you are power hungry and because you are power hungry you'll do anything to get it and we can't we don't want that we don't want that we don't desire that nobody get praise here but god period and that's that on that if god ain't the top or the head it's a it's a it's a monster because there is another head anything with two heads is a monster period okay god the only head period he at the top and he sets the nets and everything else in the ocean, in, in the order and, and all of that. But he is the head of the church. 
And not only is he the head but he of the church, but he's the head of the body. And we have to make sure that in our attempts to, I want us to first off stop treating assignments and ministry as a, you know, five-year plan where you keep moving up the slot you come from because you were the evangelist and then now you're a missionary and now you're the head prophet and now you're the apostle. And, and it's not, it's not. You forgot the, you forgot the chief apostle because I'm still chief, trying to figure out what that is. The chief apostle, then the archbishop, then like you're doing a lot. It's still you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot. You do you're doing a whole lot of things. Can we stop? Can we stop? Can we just can we just one, two, three, everybody serves? Like what we doing? <laughs> like what, what are we doing? Um, but the truth of the matter is that you own you don't anticipate um what you prayed for or what you're asking for, um, that, that power has consequences. Heavy as the head that wears the crown, period. Okay? And you have no idea what you are, what it takes to sit in the seat until you sit in the seat. And that's Mm -hmm. the Um, I love that when it comes to defeating um, Blonsky, they all decide that they have to help because they all had a part in creating it. Because even though Banner, it wasn't his intention, he gave samples to um, Dr. Sam, to Dr. Blue, um, Mr. Blue. Um, and even though, you know, she wasn't intending uh, to, uh, Betty was a part of the research. And even though the general definitely intended to, even though he intended to, he wasn't intending to, for it to look the way it looked. So mm-hmm. because we had a hand in creating this, we also have to have a hand in stopping it. We have mm-hmm. to we have to put our ourselves in the place where we take responsibility for our mistakes and we do things in order to get things back under control. The one part that blessed me real bad at the end was that one clap extinguished the fire. One who? One clap when a hawk clapped. Oh yeah, that whole fire just went out, like literally. One clap extinguished the fire, and because I'm churchy and I'm a, I, I like to teach and preach and things, I was thinking about, <laughs> I was thinking about how sometimes most of our fires, right, can be extinguished. Mm-hmm when we decide to literally clap. Mm-hmm. And clapping is a symbol of praise, of thanks. Worship. Of worship, of changing our mindset, of speaking well and blessing the Lord. This is why David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in his mouth. Why? In, in my mouth. Why? Because if it's continually in my mouth, that, there's no room for much other things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Constantly speaking well of the Lord, then there's no there's no uh, room for me to speak about other things as much. I, I I tend to garner my language through praise, and literally it was the one clap that extinguished the fire. And so for us, that one just sometimes all it takes for you to do is just the one thought, the one uh, thank you, Lord. Uh, for me, when I'm fearful, it's 
Well, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for being with me. <laughs> because that that takes the sting out the fear. You know what I mean? It, it brings out uh, a little bit of courage because he's with me. Mm-hmm. And I want us to get used to uh, extinguishing fires by way of praise and worship and thanks and obedience. Okay? Because the, the devil can't do or the devil or the enemy or even your enemies can't do anything with someone who has surrendered to the Lord. Period. Can't. And can't. Um, is there anything else, Alicia, that you would want to bring out before we wrap this on it? Everything yeah. I everything that we already said. Yeah, we already got it all down. We done got it through. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm doing this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but this is a good movie. And I want us to not uh, seek after the power. But really, as a Christian, we have to value the gift of self-control. Uh, Alicia, what's that scripture? Um, a man with no control? Oh, a man who has no self-control is like a broken down city with no walls. Yeah, because literally you leave yourself exposed. You do. You leave yourself exposed. But by not keeping yourself in control. And uh, at the end of the day, we can't control how others respond. We can't control what others do. But we have control over ourselves. And I love that at the end of this movie, not only do we see uh, Bruce's eyes turn green, which means he's going to turn again. (laughs) This is not the end of his whole journey. But I love the fact that the uh, general is in the bar and he is drinking a lot. (laughs) And we see Tony Stark come in to just have a little chat. And he he says, I tried to tell you, tried to tell you about them soldiers, tried to tell you about your plan, it wasn't going to work, tried to told you, okay, and you didn't listen. But he's coming in there to talk about his initiative, something that he wants to do, which we know is the Avengers. And we're going to talk about another, another God next week. That was absolutely amazing. Thanks for coming on the journey with us. And I hope that you join us next week for some more fun. If you have never listened to Kid Like Faith before, wherever you happen to be listening, make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend so that they can come along the journey with us as well. Oh, and please stop and leave a review so that other people know how much fun you had listening to this beautiful podcast. Now, we've got a bunch of movies in this universe to check out, and I can't wait to check them out with you. So until next time, make sure you keep your faith kid-like. Bye!